I played golf with a friend of mine several years ago, and after the game of golf was over, we had a long drive back to, to come back afterwards. So we were on the road together in a car for probably two hours. And in that two hours, we got involved in many different conversations. So eventually, I don't know why or how it came about, and I asked him, how did you meet your wife? And he said, you know, he says, we, um, we never met officially for a couple of years in the college that they were in. And then he says, I was invited to a party that I wasn't, I was just dropping in to say hello and leave. And there was a lot of people there. And when he was at it, uh, he remembers um, seeing who became his wife, seeing her in the room, and she seeing him. Even though they never spoke or never, never uh, engaged that night at all until a few weeks later. But both of them remember that specific moment when they saw each other uh, in that crowded room. And eventually they were to go on and become husband and wife and now they're married and living a good life for many years. And sometimes when I'm signing up people for weddings, I ask them that question and it, it never fails to amaze me uh, how, how this happened and how it happens. It obviously has changed today because now it's usually we met on the internet. Yeah. But that's, kind of, that's probably the more often one now than, than engaging in somewhere else. But isn't it fascinating that two strangers uh, just looking at each other from a distance and eventually that connection being formed and, and their lives being changed completely afterwards. And I'm sure if I went around this room um, I think we could even write a whole book on stories of how people met, or even if you're not married, how you met a good friend or somebody that is very close to you in your life. It is quite remarkable. So that seeing that happened in this couple's eyes, that, that glance, is what we are, are we, we're reflecting on today in the life of Jesus. It is Jesus seeing God and God seeing Jesus in a very unique way. It all began with John the Baptist. Something happened to John the Baptist. He was a priest in the temple. And something, something divine intervention, God called him. And God called him to do something very radical. He said, leave the temple, leave your priestly duties, and go out into the desert. And he went out into the desert in a place called Perea. And he dressed in, in, in animal skins and he lived off the, the land of the desert. He lived off the fruits of the desert. And what was going on was that he felt very strongly called to, to, to redo what happened to the people of Israel uh, when the time they escaped from slavery in Egypt. And he did it at a time when people's lives were dreadful. They were at their lowest ever. They, they were ruled by the Romans, who would put 80% uh, tax on everything that they, they grew. Like they would go in and have a small subsistence farming. They would have small plots of grain and other um, produce. 
and the Romans would come and take 80% of it and leave them with very little to live on and even to have seeds for the next year. And at the same time, the priests in the temple were taking advantage of their position and putting further levies on them. If you want a blessing, if you want uh, forgiveness, if you want to be made clean, if you're impure, all these levies were put on. So people's lives were dreadful. And it was a time that God intervened, first of all, through John the Baptist. So John the Baptist brought them, invited them out. He was like a lion roaring in the desert. He says, now is the time to prepare for the coming of the Messiah. And John the Baptist preached a forgiveness of sins. He took people away from the land of Israel. He invited them out in great numbers. And he baptized them in the River Jordan. He wanted to wash away so much stuff. He wanted them to disidentify with what was going on in their lives and the message it was communicating to them. They were enslaved and they were oppressed. And he said he wanted them to avoid, to get away from that, to let that wash away and prepare for the coming of the Messiah. Now, Scripture scholars would say that Jesus is one of those. Jesus joined in that movement out to John the Baptist. Jesus wanted to be part of this renewal of the people of Israel, the people of God. So the Scripture scholars will tell us that Jesus engaged in that and spent some time in the desert afterwards being part of the group of John the Baptist. And it was known that something that Jesus did often was that he would always go away to a quiet place to pray and be alone. So there's something happened at that time when Jesus is being baptized that really has changed the world completely because the heavens opened and God spoke. So heaven and earth are now connected like never before in Jesus Christ. And God spoke very simply, you are my beloved child, in you I am well pleased. Now, the beauty of that message, very simply, is God was saying to Jesus, this is who you are. You're my beloved child in whom I'm well pleased. And every human being you will meet is God's beloved child in whom I am well pleased. So if you ever have a crisis of identity, you don't need to go to a very expensive counselor to find it out. Because this is your deepest and most intimate identity. You are God's beloved child in whom God is well pleased. So Jesus had to take that message and he had to pray about it and reflect on it and find out what does it mean. Because the message comes into conflict with all our different life's messages and life's experiences. And it's something, it's like undoing a knot uh, that we have to slowly prize it open so that it becomes our innermost truth. So when Jesus walked this earth and he encountered 
a leper. He never encountered a leper. He encountered God's beloved child. When he encountered the tax collectors, he never encountered a tax collector. He encountered God's beloved child. It became his innermost identity, and it became the way he related to other people as well. The person you find most difficult in life, the person perhaps you have a grudge against, the person who has offended you in some way, when you encounter them, you probably have one narrative going on in your head, talking about that person. But what Jesus is saying, that that's not the truth. That's the lie. Even the person you most detest, if the word is strong enough, is God's beloved child in whom God is well pleased. They may not be living out of their belovedness, but that is the truth of who they are. So the identity of Jesus led to his agency, to the way he was in the world. And that is what we are celebrating today, a beautiful message of belovedness and all the implications that come from that. So let us remind ourselves constantly that the truth of who we are is God's beloved children. Let us turn up the volume of that narrative, that spiritual truth that dwells within us. And let us turn down the narrative of anything that is contradicting that. Uh, any narrative that exists within you that says that you're not good enough, that you're not this, you're not that, all the negatives, turn down that volume, turn up the volume of your belovedness. Because one is a truth and the other is a lie.